This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. You're listening to The Morning Run with Chong Jensen and I'm Wong Xiaoning. It is 7.36 Monday, the 6th of March. And as usual, in 30 minutes, we have the breakfast grill after the 8 a.m. news. Jensen, who is in the hot seat this morning? I think it's a bit of a winner, isn't it? It's a winner for now. Uh, for now I, love, <laughs> I love the fact that you put the caveat. Yep. So in the hot seat is uh, Mr. Gun Kun Yin, and he's CEO of TT Vision Holdings Berhad. It was listed very recently on the 18th of January of this year on the ACE market. So TT Vision is basically a manufacturer of machine vision equipment. They have factories in Bayern Lepas. So what is interesting about this company is how well it's done post-IPO. Right after IPO, I think on the first or second trading day, it actually rallied by 400%. Oof. Uh, it has given up some gains, but it's still up by a good 260% from its IPO price of 34 cents. Uh, the market cap of the company is close to 600 million now. So we'll be speaking to Goon to ask him on what's driving these sharp share price gains and has it been a beneficiary of the US-China trade diversion? And since we are on the topic of China, China's annual National People's Congress started yesterday. An important political event watched closely that will last until March 13. Now, now, this also coincides with the opening of the CPPCC, which is the country's top political advisory body. Now, significantly at the opening, President Lee Ke, sorry, Premier Li Keqiang gave his last government report whilst outlining a gross domestic product target of 5% for 2023, lower than last year's figure of 5.5%, which was not achieved. As he's set to be replaced by President Xi Jinping loyalist Xi Qiang, uh, China is also set to see its largest reshuffle of economic policy makers in many decades as Vice Premier Liu He, who led trade negotiations with the US and Central Bank Chief Yi Qiang, are due to be replaced in the coming months. So, for a closer examination on what was revealed at the NPC, we speak to Alfredo Montefiore-Hello, who is the head of China's Centre for Economics and Business at the Conference Board. Good morning, Alfredo. Now, let's talk about the headline figure. So, Pre- Premier Li Keqiang set a growth target of around 5%. Unemployment rate of 5.5% and a budget deficit target of 3% for this year. Would you say that these targets are modest by Chinese standards? Um, these targets actually, I wouldn't say are modest. I wouldn't say they are overambitious. They take into consideration that China is going to face many headwinds this year. You know that uh, demand is recovering, but still below pre-COVID levels. You still have also slowing external demand. The real estate is in a downturn. And of course, you have the very volatile card of geopolitics with the geopolitical landscape turning a little bit more uh, fragile this year and tensions between China and the U.S. rising. So the targets that uh, Premier Li Keqian set uh, yesterday actually are positive and they signal that the central government does not intend to get back the growth that China failed to achieve last year when the economy grew at 3%, which is way below the official target of around 5.5% for 2022. Now, if, if they would have wanted to get back the growth that they failed to achieve, this would have required massive stimulus at a time in which China's capacity for massive stimulus has been strained because of all the support they have provided over the past three years to offset the impact of COVID disruption and zero COVID policies. And this would have, of course, exacerbated structural imbalances that China is actually trying to deal 
to achieve its long-term development goals. Now, these, these growth targets for 2023 also recognize that the Chinese economy, as I said, will be dealing with these economic headwinds. Um, so uh, it's more achievable because the conditions that would enable higher growth are just not present. And let's not forget that uh, there is a low base of comparison in 2022. So that means that uh, it's actually going to be more achievable. And actually, our own forecasts at the Conference Board for China for 2023 uh, suggest that China is going to grow by 5.1%. IMF suggests that China is going to grow by 5.2%. Uh, uh, so, you know, they're in line, actually, with uh, market consensus. So against the backdrop of uh, economic headwinds, I think uh, these new targets, number one, will not strain the system because, again, they don't require massive stimulus. Uh, they will allow for continued pursuit of reform measures, and they will be likely very achievable. And Fido, what then are the economic priorities of this government? How does it link back to the political ambitions of President Xi Jinping? Thank you. So in terms of priorities, I think these are very similar to what we saw last year at the Central Economic World Conference, which is you need to push consumption. You really need to improve and expand the quality of domestic consumption. And they also need to uh, stabilize the real estate market. They want to, of course, provide uh, stimulus on investment, and they want to continue controlling the risks in the financial sector. Um, they want to also, I mean, the, the, if you read the work report, there were also mentioned about uh, improving food security, of course, improving innovation, uh, in great part because uh, they see what the U.S. is doing uh targeting, for example, uh, exports of semiconductors as very concerning because of their technological ambitions. But the key point is how they're going to accelerate uh, domestic demand. And unfortunately, we don't know the specific measures that the Chinese government will implement to expand domestic demand or to stabilize the real estate sector. Um, the the government report that President, that Premier Li Keqiang delivered yesterday was very, very, very thin on the outlook. Actually, compared to previous work reports, really the section of recommendations for 2023 were really, really thin. So how it links to uh, President Xi's uh, priorities, General Secretary Xi's priorities for the future, uh, well, basically the, the, the government report gives a glimpse of what China will try to do this year, which fits with the overall development outline that President uh, Xi Jinping has, you know, uh, proposed with Xi Jinping thought during uh, last year's 20th National Party Congress uh, in October. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in a way, the, the government report fits that. So that's how it fits its political priorities. And of course, we are going to see, and this is in the media headlines, right? We're going to see a lot of reshuffling in the leaders of the party that will be in charge to materialize the vision of Xi Jinping thought. So what we will see in terms of the reshuffling, we're basically going to get an idea of who in the party will be in charge of making this vision a reality. Okay, let's talk about that leadership changes, right? So I think one name that's been uh, mentioned is Li Chiang, repa replacing Li Keqiang. There's also going to be changes in the head of Central Bank. You know, what can we expect from this new leadership? Will there be significant changes to foreign and economic policies going forward? 
I don't I don't expect significant changes in terms of uh, economic policy and foreign policy because of the past uh, years already. Mm-hmm. I think the direction of China's policies have been very much uh, guided by Xi Jinping thought. If anything, I expect that new policies will be more in line with what uh, Xi Jinping, uh, you know, has proposed as the vision for China's development throughout 2050. And with the milestone of, you know, if you look at Xi Jinping, there is a milestone of 2035 for China to achieve uh, basic modernization. So uh, we need to think. We need to first look at uh, this work report that. Uh, General Secretary and President of China Xi Jinping has delivered at both uh, at the last two national party congresses. They give really an outline of where China needs to develop. So the new team, again, the new team, which will be the ones who direct government, who will be in the state council, who will be in the central bank, will likely be more, um, you know, aimed in their policies at achieving this vision of Xi Jinping thought. Now, what's, what's going to be really interesting to see is who will be you know, uh, kind of like taking over Liuhe, which uh, is the economic czar. Mm. What we know is that the candidates for all of these positions, uh, economic positions for uh, really the only thing we know is that Li Qiang is likely, very likely going to be the next premier. But then who is going to be in the, for example, vice premier positions, uh, executive vice premier, who is going to lead central banks. We, of course, have names of who is likely to be appointed to those positions, but we still don't know, and we need to wait until they are officially appointed. The thing that we know is that all of these candidates, uh, they're very different from previous from the previous uh, leaders in these positions because they lack uh, Western education, for example. They lack the international experience that the others had. So it's going to be interesting to see how these people differ from their predecessors in these uh, in these positions, and what this means for China's uh, approach to mm. international policy, to international economics, to how it deals with other countries. As you well said, Liu He is the one who took a primary stage in the negotiation with U.S. Uh, for tariffs, right? Yeah. So, who is going to lead these talks now? It's going to be interesting to see. Okay, we just have a minute left, Alfredo, but uh, this NPC only concludes on March 13. What else should we be paying attention to in the coming days? Of course, any type of uh, reshuffling in terms of the new people that are going to be in these positions. Also, any types of policies, of direct policies that the ministries are going to implement to boost the economy. And one thing and last thing is that following Vice Premier's uh, speech at Davos of China coming back to the world and being open for businesses, Mm -hmm. any types of measures that reasserts confidence of foreign investors in China. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Alfredo Montefulo. Hello. He is the head of China Center for Economics and Business at the conference board, giving us a snapshot of what happened at the NBC on Sunday. Other key points I think that caught my eye was defense spending is going to rise by about 7% to 225 billion US dollars, the fastest pace in four years. What does this mean about geopolitical tensions in the region? Yeah, I think in terms of the targets they've set, they appear quite modest, but I think he did say that um, it won't strain the system. They don't need to actually put in additional stimulus to ensure these targets are met. So perhaps they can possibly surprise on the upside. I think they want to compared to last year where they didn't achieve their growth targets. So important for them. Um, Next, we'll be discussing what's happening in the Malaysian political space. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.